Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. In the heart of Birmingham, one team to bring you your week in geek. It's the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday, 12 till 1 on Brum Radio. Hello, I'm Ryan Parrish, aka Geeky Brummy, and I'm here to bring you a mix of cult, comics, sci-fi, film and TV, anime and geeky pursuits every Saturday morning going forward, with a selection of interviews, reviews, killer music and some general geeky chats. Basically, if it's classed as geeky, we're interested. This morning, I'm joined by Adam Woodall from Fizzpop, the creative makerspace on Ray Street, just down in down the road in Digbeth, opposite the Custer Factory. Hi Adam. Hi there. How you doing? I'm okay, thanks. Thanks you. for coming in today. Uh, just to give you a little bit of history about Rumrodo, it launched officially last Wednesday down at Heron Hounds in Kings Heath. It's conceived to bring a fresh approach with a eclectic mix of tunes, arts and conversation. Based in the Friends of the Earth building in sunny slash rainy Digbeth, depending on which day it is, and hosted by DJs, comedians, raconteurs, promoters, local voices and musicians, it's here to give you the best of Birmingham. We as I said, we had our launch party on the 17th of February, and now you can officially say we're here. We're going to have a quick word now with Adam from Fizzpop. As I said earlier, it's a creative makerspace slash garden shed of dreams, would you say? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, and down in Ray Street, just opposite the Custard Factory, really. Yep. So can you go for a little bit about what you do down there, if you don't mind, Adam? So um, Fizzpop was started several years ago with, by a bunch of people who just didn't have room to build the things they want to do, their projects, in their small sort of city centre apartments. Right. Um, so it started off has it started off in an old warehouse, which is a bit cold, but then we've moved to a new building. We've got equipment for people doing woodwork, metalwork, electronics, textiles, and everything in between. So and it's just a community of people that come together to work on projects mm-hmm. together and work on their own projects. Right, that's really cool. And... You run a non-profit basis, is that correct? Yeah, so we're a community interest company. All the directors and everyone's volunteering their own time. A lot of the tools and equipment in the space have actually been donated by companies and, and members of Fizzpop. Mm-hmm, that's great. And, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got a chance to have a wander around and see some of the great, interesting products going on. Uh, I believe you have a cupboard of stuff which is full of everything under the sun, including an old arcade machine, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so one of the things with Fizzpop, and it is the first thing on the tour, is we have what's called the donation room, and people who've finished with old bits of equipment, old stereos, computers, it all ends up going in that room, mm-hmm. as well as wood and materials like that. And the idea is it's all stuff people can take apart and use for their projects. Yeah. So it's really interesting that we've had stuff like... Um, bits of old radio used in mm-hmm. costumes That's and cool. it just sort of gets you used in different ways mm-hmm. um there is the theory that if we lock someone in there for long enough that they'll build a johnny five robot <laughs> i've not been allowed to do that yet oh is that one overnight product one week in the future well maybe if you don't behave today we'll uh we'll lock you in the cupboard for a few weeks Sounds interesting. <laughs> right. And uh, so you've done a few creative things as well for uh, big companies in the around the Birmingham area. Can you, so Maplin, I believe, you've done a few yeah. things for? Yeah, so we got this random phone call from Maplin, which was they wanted someone to build them the ultimate Christmas jumper out of Maplin products. Right, that's really um, cool. For an advertising campaign at Christmas and a video for their YouTube channel, mm-hmm. um, which was it was a really cool project because... So what we sort of did is just asked everyone to get involved. It got very complicated. I think we had... 16 people all doing different parts of the project mm-hmm. um, and it sort of it went really well um, everyone enjoyed it it really brought the community together um, Maplin donated us a load of tools and equipment for the space just as a thank you for doing that for them that's really cool um, we've also done some stuff for the Gadget Show right. on Channel 5 yeah and what 
few things have we done on there? Um, so we've built. You're allowed to tell us, of course. We've uh, <laughs> at, like so last this time last year we built them. Mm-hmm. Um, we designed them an internet radio, so we took an old radio and turned it into an internet radio, so we could listen to stations like this. Right. Um, and it was just they did this sort of feature on reusing things you might might be old and out of date that sit in the cupboard and modernising them. So we just took one of the things we did for them was took this radio, put a Raspberry Pi in, so you could listen to internet stations. That's really cool. Yeah. And the gadget show live is coming up soon, I believe. Are you yeah. Helping out anything on that? We might be. We might be. <laughs> so that's keep tuned on, looking on there. So, um, so also, you, I hear you're involved in the Geek Ups in Birmingham? Yeah, well, I, unfortunately, we with FizzBob haven't had much time to run anything of late, mm-hmm. but essentially we just organised some meetup. We organised us geeky meetups at the pub, chat right. about things. Um, we try and encourage other people who are involved. Everyone can sort of organise events if they want. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of haven't had much lately, but I think it's the start of the year and... You know, you know, yeah. people have money's a bit tight for people. Yeah. But so we've got, we're going to be announcing in the next couple of weeks a, um, a board gaming day where people can meet up and do board games, really and cool. probably a sort of uh, another day at the pub. We usually use the Woodman, mm-hmm. um, just by Millennium Point. That's brilliant, thank you. And uh, going back around to Fizzpop, uh, you have an open day. Is it every Wednesday? You have an open day? Yeah. So every Wednesday from seven till usually about nine, mm-hmm. we're open. Members of the public can come down if they've got a project they're working on. Yeah. People will help them with that, give them suggestions, and just have a look around the place, chat about things, chat, share ideas and projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. We also have classes like um, lock picking. Wow. Uh, we have coding events mm-hmm. where people bring the laptops down if they're trying to work on learning to program people will be around to help them um and we sort of have a night dedicated to 3d printing and laser cutting and things like that that's really cool yeah and so uh so you do that on a wednesday night where yep. it's open night but you also when you remember you can go down at any time you want is it yeah so we've got 24 7 access to the building once you remember we've got to know you we basically give you an access card that will get you in whenever i mean the only our only sort of rule is if you're going to be using some of the more dangerous machines bring someone along try and do it when other members are around just to for health and safety right and what kind of machines do you have there um so we've got various band saws woodworking lay lays milling machines for metal work mm-hmm. um we've got laser cutting 3d printers um we've got most things you need to complete most projects now um there's a few there's a few things that we've sort of got in the pipeline that people want access to. Right. Um and we're sort of just applying some funding to buy some bigger tools that the likes that people can't usually afford. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Uh thanks for telling us about that. Um so where can listeners find you in Digbeth? As I mentioned you're on Ray Street, but Yeah, so we're at number ninety. Um just uh, if you uh, if you're passing on a Wednesday night, just ring the doorbell and um mm-hmm. Come up and say hello. And where can we find you online? Um, fizzpop.org.uk and on Twitter as well, which is there's a link on our website. So that's, that's at fzzpop, isn't it, yep. if I believe correctly? And we'll get that tweeted out on the From Radio Show link shortly. Uh, so now we're going to actually go into a bit of a Deadpool review. Adam is going to be joining us for the rest of the hour. So hello again, Adam. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. So we're just going to talk a little bit about the Deadpool movie that's come out. Um, so I don't know if anybody's aware how the licensing with Marvel films works currently. And are you aware of how things work? Yeah, so don't Fox own the X-Men? Yeah, so Fox owns the X-Men and all ancillary X-Men and mutant characters. Uh, Sony currently owns Spider-Man and the Venom characters. And then Marvel Studio pretty much have the rest themselves. So it's a little bit of a weird situation where you've got Marvel characters who would normally cross over when they don't. 
So this has been rectified a little bit with Sony now having an agreement with Marvel to use Spider-Man in the future Avengers films. But for now, uh, the X-Men universe is completely separate. And Deadpool's actually part of that X-Men universe. Now, this is something that Ryan Reynolds has been working on for about 11 years, I believe, since he ever come across a Deadpool comic book where he actually... <laughs> where they actually uh, had him in it in a reference to how Deadpool character looked where it said Ryan Reynolds was crossed with a Sharpie. But that's where it's come from. Uh, the Deadpool character was used in the X-Men Origins Wolverine film, which now apparently everybody doesn't believe exists anymore in that universe. But instead we've got the Deadpool movie itself. So what was your thoughts in general on the Deadpool movie? I think I think my first one. I was really disappointed with him in the Wolverine movie. Yeah, the, I think the, pretty much everybody. Yeah, so we'll it. pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. just a fun movie. It mm. was. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what to expect because they've really got their viral marketing down. Yeah, and I was like, oh, have I seen all of the movie and all these little clips on the internet? Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and there was lots of hints to things maybe they shouldn't have been hinted to in the rest yes. of the Marvel universe. <laughs> and there's even hints to when he, Ryan Reynolds was uh, playing Green Lantern in. DC, which is completely separate comic universe again, but um, so what I would probably describe the, fil the film as it's what you'd expect from Iron Man if he had his filter off. So it was wisecracking, quite a bit of violence actually, lots of jokes, lots of adult humour, I'd say. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely an adult sort of more adult comic book movie. Mm -hmm. um, I think. It didn't go too far, but it, it just sort of was obviously a step above the, of the other Marvel movies that have been yeah. that mm -hmm. been out recently. Yeah, and as I say, um, Ryan Reynolds has taken to the character like a duck to water. He, he completely owns the role of Deadpool. If anybody's ever read any of the Deadpool comics before, he's pretty much nailed it with the fourth wall referencing, which is when, if nobody's ever known what full fourth wall is before, it's when the character references the movie itself or what's going on in a kind of meta-universe way. But... Um, it's a great cast, I think. Um, not too sure about Gina Carino as one of the villain characters, but Deadpool himself and Morena Baccarin playing Deadpool's partner in it, who people will probably recognise from Firefly and possibly Homeland too. What I mean, what did you think of the characters themselves? No, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, of course, I recognised her from V because she was in V, wasn't oh, she? Oh God, yes, completely forgot um, about that. Very short-lived, <laughs> another short-lived TV series. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I kind of didn't... I, I liked all of the characters. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a few characters, that, um, particularly the sort of main bad guy, I would have quite liked yeah. to have seen a bit more of. Yeah. But no, I really enjoyed it. It's um, it's probably... I think it's probably, in recent years, probably my favourite um, superhero movie. Yeah, I, mean, I think they've taken a completely different track away from the Avengers kind of films and even the X-Men films where they've gone to that extra level, pushed it a little bit further. It reminds me a lot of um, Kick-Ass and The Kingsman in the way it's been done with having that adult edge to it really let the character be enhanced a little bit more than what I'd, what I'd have expected if it had just been a PG-12... Twelve A rating rather than a fifteen rating. So does this this is does this make you happy that sort of Disney don't own this character as long as as they do with the other Marvel characters? I don't know because Disney have been brave in the past. I mean, I don't know if you remember a film called The Black Hole, which was a very old Disney film of the seventies where it was a PG, but I wouldn't have shown it to my little kids because it was very dark and very strong in its sci-fi elements. But um, 
I think Fox are taking it into the deck in a, in towards the deck direction it should be. I mean, they've already confirmed Deadpool 2 will be coming out too, and that's going to have Cable in it. I don't know if you've ever heard of Cable, Adam. So it's Cable... I seem to remember something to do with time travel, but I don't really yeah. remember. Yeah, so he's an X-Man from the future, which has a robotic arm, but he partners up with Kate, with Deadpool quite a lot in the comics. So that's coming through. There's also rumours that Deadpool might be popping up in the X-Men Apocalypse movie that will be released soon, which would be very interesting if it is. But um, So that's pretty much our thoughts on Deadpool. Screen Broom, this last week, was it, Dave? Sorry, I'm just referring to producer Dave over in the corner here. Yeah, so Screen Broom last Friday also reviewed Deadpool, which is available on Mid Mixcloud. If you want to have a listen to yeah, that, you can you can download their review from the Mixcloud. Mm -hmm. uh, hello, I'm producer Dave. Uh, <laughs> I've just been sat here really quietly up until this point. And um, yeah, if you just go to our Mixcloud page, which which is Mixcloud forward slash Broom Radio, you'll be able to find uh, the show sc Screen Screen Broom mm -hmm. on there. And uh, I think it's a weekly show now. Or is it, it might be bi-weekly? I'm not too sure, nine? but it, you can always check on the schedule four on brumradio.com forward slash schedule, and that will give you the latest shows coming up each week. Uh, just had some people tweet into the show. We've had a, a lovely message from a guy called Pete, who's uh, also told us a few t a little tidbit about Bella Lugosi, where he famously did his own makeup for Dracula, and was a huge influence in the Legal Gentleman movie. Fantastic. Um, thanks for sorry. tweeting us, Pete. Yeah, yeah, thanks for tweeting us, Pete. And also the League of Gentlemen TV series, of course. Did you ever watch the League of Gentlemen? Yeah, I love the League of Gentlemen. The, um, the, I was a bit disappointed when the film came out, but the series was brilliant. And everyone sort of involved has sort of gone to new, bigger and better things mm -hmm. like Sherlock and oh, definitely, lots yeah. of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting that all the guys involved in that have sort of got these massive careers now. Yeah, and it was all very heavily influenced by the Hammer Horror films and classic horror and sci-fi films, which you wouldn't expect from a BBC Two comedy show, I think. Yeah, it was one of those shows. It is absolutely brilliant. And it's, it's worth a watch again. Yeah, so. so I would really recommend it, especially the first two series. The third one did tail off a little bit to me, but the first two were brilliant. Um, so now I'm just going to give you a quick general geek news about what's coming up and what's happened in the world of geeky things this week uh, so in the world of film Blade Runner 2 release date was confirmed this week and it's due to launch on the 12th of January 2018 and will be starring Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford so Harrison's port Ford's back for another one of his classic characters as Rick Deckard uh, are you a fan of the original? Yeah in fact at Fizzpop someone has made a, um, a, a bust of uh, Harrison Ford's character from the first movie that's brilliant so um, that's coming up. Uh, Julian Moore signed on as the villain for Kingsman 2, which was a great little British film from Mark Miller. If you ever saw Kingsman 1, he's the same guy who did Kick-Ass. Um, so that should be interesting to see how she's done. There was a trailer released for the start of production for Star Wars Episode 8, which slightly odd thing to do online, but at least we know it's underway now. I mean, you've got Rogue One coming up at the end of this year, which is a prequel story to the original tr trilogy, and it's about how the Death Star plans got stolen. And there's a really good cast in there, so really recommend that one. You Were you a fan of Force Awakens when it came out, Adam? I, I loved it. In fact, um, one of our members, and I'm really jealous at the moment, is building a BB-8. Wow. So we're hoping to go around and do some fundraising for charity and things with BB-8, mm -hmm. sort of over the summer yeah and that's a little 3d printed full-size replica if i remember correctly he's, he's he's full size printed in lots of very small parts that have been glued together but he's going to be running around and have a bit of character hopefully soon mm -hmm. 
and uh, I think I've seen Star Wars Force Awakens at least four times now so I won't get started on that today because it'll take up the rest of the entire hour uh, so there's also been a trailer released for the trailer for the new Ghostbusters movie starring Melissa McCarthy I think we're into a bit of trailer inception here my, 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 I'm going to jump, jump in for a second my favourite has to be the fact that you said there was a trailer for the pro production of Star Star Wars eh? yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm very surprised by that but I always remember as a kid seeing behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, a- activity from different films and being quite excited as a kid to see how production was so I can appreciate as a as a as an adult and I'm, I nearly call myself an adult there, uh, as an adult how how it must look to have a trailer but as a kid seeing that kind of excitement come through uh, would would just have been massive for me just if if I was a kid waiting for anything to happen with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean definitely the way the internet has changed now, everybody wants to know exactly what's going on at any time, in any place. And do you do anything with that? With as you said, you've worked a lot with Raspberry Pis. I believe there's a guy making a brewery with Raspberry yeah, Pis. Yeah, we've got. Um, yeah, there's going to be an internet-enabled brewing system at some point at Fizzpuff. Um yeah we've done quite a lot I mean we've kind of a lot of interest at the moment sort of the internet of things you know mm-hmm. having smart smart fridges that that order your shopping automatically yeah. I can just see this going very wrong for me and I'll have like a hundred <laughs> of uh, you know a hundred of something I don't need yeah either that or a hundred notifications about the planet of peaches yeah. that's just been bought I can imagine coming Sh- through soon Sh- Sean sat behind you Adam and his face was a proper picture when you said about the fridges he, he just looked amazing. gobsmacked when you said that. Yeah, it does sound amazing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's a producer Sean at the back there. So. Hello! Hello! <laughs> right, so back onto a little bit more of film news. Uh, apparently, I don't know if you should be mentioning this, but a team has gone back and done a complete 35mm restoration of the original Star Wars film without any of the special effects or changes that have been made since the original release. Uh, they released a trailer for it. It's available on YouTube. The team's called Negative One. I'm not going to tell you how you can download the film or where you can find it because that would be very naughty of me. But it's worth watching the trailer just to see the comparison. It's not kosher. It's not not official Lucasfilm release there. Right. <laughs> but just let you know if you wanted to watch the trailer and see the changes that have been since the original film and the new film. Well, the DVD release, the laser disc release, and the Blu-ray release, which has all had changes put into it. So I don't think anybody's probably seen the original Star Wars film since it came out, because <laughs> it's been changed that much. And what's your opinion on George Lucas changing things back on the original Star Wars films? I, don't, I, I think some artists believe that, that that art is never finished and you should be able to go back and tinker with things. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's really annoying as a fan when they change sort of key plot points and the look of a film mm-hmm. sort of a decade on so you sort of lose some of the magic of it it's just that it's quite I find it quite annoying yeah I mean I can imagine people who probably saw Star Wars for the first time and then watched the re-releases when they came out in the cinema probably sat there a little bit confused with the extras that had turned up on bits that had been removed and wasn't at the end of one of them they they edited in in one of the original trilogy they put yeah, Jar Jar Binks in the end when he flashed around all the planets in the sort of in the world and then replacing the original Obi-Wan act, um, original Anakin Skywalker with Hayden Christensen as well, which I believe was at the end of Return of the Jedi, which was a little bit... Hmm. A little bit naughty. <laughs> yeah. No, either. yeah. And uh, last bit of film news I've got coming up is John Wick Chapter 2 release date has been confirmed, and that's due for the February the 10th, 2017. Uh, have you watched John Wick? 
Anybody no. in the studio? I, I, I haven't. Right, it's it's probably one of Keanu Reeves' best films, I'd say, for the last five years. It's really interesting. There's probably zero plot to the film, but I really recommend watching it if you get a chance. It's a great action movie. All right, so that's film news wrapped up. Uh, a few things around TV. Uh, the Daredevil Season 2 trailer has been released. Uh, so Daredevil is on a Netflix exclusive at the moment. So if you don't have Netflix, you won't be able to see it in any other way. But uh, the first season went down amazingly well I believe Charlie Cox who you might remember from Stardust the movie by Neil Gaiman he's taken to the role like a duck to water and it's it's one of the best things that I've probably watched over the last couple of years uh, Agent Carter it's currently in mid run for season 2 however Hayley Atwell has been cast in another ABC show called Conviction with a character actually being called Carter which is slightly odd so there's doubts in if there's going to be another series around that uh, X-Files has returned, which you probably noticed. I mean, I don't know if anybody's had a chance to catch it. Yeah, I've been, I've saw the first two episodes for, so far. The first one was a little bit mm, meh, <laughs> to use the Simpsons word there. But the second episode had much more original feel, so I've got high hopes for that. And Heroes Reborn has actually started again. So if everyone remembers Hero, which, Heroes, which got a lot of issues around it when the writer strike happened quite a few years back in the second season that's come back for one final season it's already been cancelled so this is the final ever thing you'll ever see of heroes on yeah. tv I, I i am i am dvring <laughs> heroes uh, because it's on sky something not uh, sky, no it's on five, five star, star five star five star which five one star of? so my um i don't even know what day it's on mm -hmm. i just remember setting it to DVR it, so and I've I've seen the first episode of it. Um, I'm not completely enamoured or anything with it. I'm uh, looking to see if it gets better in the next few episodes. Yeah, I mean the first one, as I said, was a little bit weak in my opinion. Having Joe McHale, who you might have seen in Community, in in it, pretty much gave it a very different feel to the original Mulder and Scully. But um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, have you had a chance to watch any of this? No, at the moment I'm doing best of, so I'm trying to choose sort of four <laughs> or five episodes of all the old episodes, mm -hmm. starting with season one. So of episodes like Squeeze and Tombs, and just yeah. trying to watch all the classic, iconic X Files episodes before I rewatch it. No, it's yeah. been a while since I've seen the X Files. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, what it finished on ten seasons, I yeah. believe, plus th two films. Or was it three films in the end? Uh, two films two films and now the new series uh, so anyway you might have seen earlier on my Twitter feed I was uh, right so just going to do a little bit of a gaming news wrap up now uh, we've got a little bit of things going on so Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is also getting a fan remake I uh, don't know if anybody's played that. Adam, have you ever played No, it? I've never played that one. It is one of the best games that I've ever played. It's an RPG game which set 10,000 years, I believe, before the current Star Wars films. And it's uh, RPG. It's got one of the best stories, and it's pretty much always in the top 10 of every single 100 best games list I ever see. It's getting a fan remake at the minute, which uh, is going under a different name, which I can't remember at the minute, but I'll pop that on the Twitter feed later. Uh, but it's a complete fan remake, and what they're doing is rescaling it for modern graphics completely and giving it a complete overhaul. So that should be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, the new game from Remedy Entertainment, Quantum Break, is actually being announced as well. That's coming out to PC as well as Xbox One in April. Uh, I don't know if you've played any right. Remedy. I, I, I've played all of them. you played all of them. And, and <laughs> I'm so excited that I don't have to buy an Xbox One to play this game. Yeah, I mean, I do all my gaming on PC as well. I used to have an Xbox 360, but 
I find the PC experience much better, to be honest. Um, yeah. It's probably going to start a flame war on Twitter later on. Where probably. Moons, but. <laughs> but, um, but Alan Wake, the last game, was brilliant. I yes. really enjoyed it, so I'm really excited about this game. Mm-hmm. And it's got a TV show tie-in, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think it's on the Sci-Fi Network, if I remember correctly. Or Not sure. Possibly. Uh, I'll tweet the details out later on on that one. It is starring Sean Asmore. Who Ashmore, sorry, who you might have seen in the following and the X Men films as Iceman. And he gets confused quite a lot with his identical twin brother, Aaron Ashmore, who was in Killjoys and Warehouse 13. So <laughs> so it's a little bit confusing because when I saw him in Killjoys, I got really confused about seeing him in X Men as well. Um, Far Cry Primal comes out on February the 23rd. Have you played any of the Far Cry games? I played the first one I, and it was it's one of those games that unfortunately they push PCs to the limit yeah. so I didn't quite get the most out of it because I don't think my PC was quite up to it at the time mm. yeah um, I mean I was a big fan of big fan of Far Cry 3 which came out about three or four years ago now I believe which uh, pretty much reinvented the way the game was played there's been Far Cry 4 since this one that actually is complete departure from the series it takes you back to the Stone Age so mm. you get bows and arrows and stone axes and that's pretty much what you've got to contend with with the wildlife that should be an interesting game. Uh, the 20th anniversary of Pokemon is this week as well. And the they're re-releasing on the 3DS eShop the original Pokemon Red, Blue and Yellow. And this probably sucked about three or four months out of my life when they came out originally. When I was constantly on my Game Boy playing in my way. Yeah, and Pokemon's still a massive thing, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. I see a lot of, sort of teenagers playing Pokemon on the bus, mm-hmm. which is sort of weird. It's sort of something that sort of started when I was the child. Yeah. <laughs> to just be still being popular after all this time. Yeah. And Dave, Sean, did you ever play Pokemon? Uh, I, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm learning so much about different games today. I've got a list of stuff that I need to check out as soon as I get home. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm from the wrong generation. You're from the wrong generation? Oh, yeah. You can't po- say that. Pokemon was a thing that I used to sell to kids that came into the shop I worked in. So, uh, yeah, I'm from the wrong generation. But Pokemon's that. 20 years old. I mean, yes. that's, yeah. that's crazy to think. Yeah, 20 so, years. Yeah, so originally released in 1996, if I believe correctly. So it's, it's come as a shock to me when I found out about it this week. It, yeah, I was 20. <laughs> well, and the last game that, that was <laughs> yeah, so the last game I'm going to mention today is actually a little indie first person shooter called Super Hot which had a preview and a demo released quite a few years back and they've been working a lot with Kickstarter and funding to get this game made it's basically a first person shooter game where time stops moving when you do wow. okay. so it's a really interesting concept so if you're moving in the game, the game moves along if it's any second you stop moving time stops so you can dodge bullets run around hide behind other people pop up anything like that it's it there is a demo actually of the original prototype which is available on their website which is http forward slash forward slash superhotgame.com forward slash play dash prototype again i'll pop that link on twitter later on but it's i really recommend that you have a play and have a fun around and uh, did you get a chance to play the demo no it's not something i've heard of it it does slightly sound like the game just pauses yeah every time every time you stop yeah pretty much okay so it's a really interesting concept and it's pretty much the most unique fps which you've ever played on the prototype because instead of it gives you that chance to have a little bit of a strategic think whilst you play it and I really recommend it 
and pretty much that's it from myself today thank you for listening thanks very much for listening today and a massive thank you to adam who's been our guest today from fizzpop uh, adam do you want to give us a quick rundown of where we can find you again yeah so we're on uh, 90 Ray Street, I believe. <laughs> no, uh, Floodgate, 90 Floodgate Street, uh, Ray Floodgate Studios. Yeah. Uh, pop in, definitely. And every Wednesday from 7. Every pop Wednesday in. from 7, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. I've been Geeky Rummy. Thank you very much for listening to me today. I hope I haven't bored you too much. Thank you very much to producers Dave and Sean today. And again, thank you very much to my special guest, Adam. And hopefully see you next week. You're here with Ryan Parrish, a.k.a. Geeky Brummy, here on Brum Radio. And today we have a really special guest in, and thank you very much for coming in, Steve, from Birmingham Comics Festival. Thanks very much, nice to be here, Ryan. That's great, thank you. Uh, so Steve will be joining us for the whole hour today, and we'll be talking about the Birmingham Com- Comics Festival, which is due to come up on the 23rd of 23rd April. 23rd of April, that's at right. Edge Baston Comics Day. At Edge Bastion Cricket Stadium. Well, it will be the comic stadium for the day that day. All right, so Steve's uh, here to talk about the Birmingham Comics Festival, which is now in its second year, I believe. That's right. This is the, the second year. That, I mean, it was the first event last year, the inaugural event, mm-hmm. and um, you know we weren't really sure what to expect last year, but it was so well received last year yeah. that uh, we've decided to, to do it again this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we must be mad. <laughs> and uh, so, how did you find it go last year? I mean, the, the I mean the the show that takes place at Edgebaston. Yeah. It's 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 one part of of the Birmingham Comics Festival, which is intended to be a citywide series of events. Right. This takes place over the course of the of the of a month, mm-hmm. uh, celebrating uh, the comics medium. Right. Um. So so the showpiece to that uh, festival is yeah. is the one day show at Edgebaston. Yeah. Um. And what we do with the comics festival, we we try and really promote. Um, comics yeah. in all their forms um, so it, it really is a, a true celebration so we have lots of um, writers and artists mm-hmm. uh, turning up uh, to the show for the day we have a number of um, uh, publishers yeah. and, and creators of small press comics right. um, who really are the the, 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 the very much the driving force of the, the British comics community in yeah. many ways. I mean, you mentioned, uh, well, looking for the guest list, you've got people like Jim Alexander, who's worked on um, Birds of Prey, uh, Judge Dread magazine, Asia El Safsi, who does quite a lot of independent tales. That's and right. you got some really strong publishers there. I mean, it's quite a lot of people who seem to work with 2000 AD, the I Beano, mean, I mean, British, proper British comics. I mean, yeah. that's right. I mean, 2000 AD and the Beano. Yeah. Um, they really are the mainstays of uh, the current British comics in terms of the wider public awareness of what mm-hmm. comics are. Um, you know that they both now have a have a very long history. Um, I mean, the Beano started in, in 1938. Wow. Um, 2000 AD uh, this week um, hit its uh, third. I think it's, th- it's 39th year of publishing. Wow. Um, so you know the, the, these comics have been around for, for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, and they they've they really are harking back to how comics used to be um, in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was a child in the 80s, I'd get the Beano every week. So the Beano and the Dandy, which unfortunately is, isn't around anymore, but uh, that was kind of one of the things that we always did was pick up the Beano and the Dandy Dandy when we were little, and it's it was your weekly serial magazine, and that's what you used to do as a child. And again, I moved on to 2008 when I was a little bit older and really loved Judge Dredd, Sinister Dexter, um, quite a few of that, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, that's right. I think that's how um, many people, um, certainly of, of, of a certain age, were, were discovered comics originally is through buying comics um, you know, in their childhood and then um, discovering that there was a little bit more to them. Yeah. Uh, than just just a, just a week, weekly comic title um, and finding out how much 
how, how, how diverse and how far-ranging comics can be. Yeah, and, I mean, and, I think... And, sorry. I think comic is a very misaligned title because as soon as you hear comic, you think it's going to be a funny little skip magazine. I mean, you've got some of the best comic writers in the world who are British. I mean, if you look at The Watchmen comic book, which is in the top 100 best books of all time, and that's um, Alan... Oh, never remember Alan Moore, yeah. So he's one of the biggest comic writers who's come out of Britain over the last few decades, I imagine. Oh, but yeah, yeah, certainly. And and to be honest, the term graphic novel—I mean, it was originally coined by um, um, a guy called Will Eisner, mm-hmm. who who created the Spirit in, yes. in, the, in the 1940s and 50s, and and he went on to be to to to, to really kind of. Uh, do some quite amazing things with the medium and, and he, he came up with this term uh, graphic novel uh, yeah. to, to really try and show people that there, were, there was more to comics than you know the word as you said comics yeah. uh, sounds quite kind of uh, almost like juvenile yeah. um, um, and, and funny but there was more to it than that and, and, and since then the term graphic novel has become adopted I guess really by people trying to convince uh, other people um, mm-hmm. who, who re- perhaps don't know too much about comics yeah. that, um, that they're, they're worth some attention mm-hmm. uh, I think it is, I mean I've noticed a, a, certainly a change over the last uh, 30 years mm-hmm. in terms of, of, of the acceptability of comics and the awareness of comics and it, it's moved now for, from from, a, from something which was very much thought of something to do something you, you read that when you were a child and, and then uh, then disposed of as you grew up uh, to something which is you know properly realized as, as an art form in itself yeah I mean and I think the uh, whole Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC film seems to really push that more to the forefront over the last few years I mean uh, I'm personally a big fan of the uh, dread film that was uh, with Carl Urban fortunately didn't do as well as the box office as was hoped but it was such an amazing film and it was very close to the source material lots of little references hidden in there but I, I'm really encouraged to see more independent comics move more into the mainstream well that's right and, and you know the, the people kind of uh, currently I think associate comics with some things like the, the yeah. superhero movies but there's a lot of movies that's, that's come out over, over the past 15, 20 years mm-hmm. that, that the source material was comics. Yeah. Like the Road to Perdition for a start. Yes, brilliant. You know, uh, 300. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the, the, the Ghost World. There's loads of kind of the yeah. Scott, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's more than, than, than just the, the, the Marvel and DC superheroes. Yeah, and it does seem to be seeping across most of every, everyday life now. I mean, everybody's always going to know who Spider-Man, Batman, Superman is, but a lot of the more ancillary characters are starting to come through now. I mean, the X-Men universe is highlighting a lot of characters, probably the what I'd say is B-list comic fans coming through. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, especially recently with the Deadpool movie, has, has uh, brought one of probably one of the quieter, less well-known characters really to the floor. I mean, have you watched the Deadpool movie? Yes, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's one of those ones where, as a, as a comics character, it's something that that I, I doesn't really do much for me. Yeah. Um, my, my taste in comics these days tends to be more kind of independent, mm-hmm. uh, creator-driven titles. Yeah. Um, but as a movie, I, I thought it was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, very different to the, the kind of movies that have, that have come out before from Marvel Studios. Yeah. Um, and I thought that they, they did, did, you know, it was a fun movie. They did a good job with it. Yeah. I think the, the only, the only, the only uh, potential pitfall to it is now that Hollywood is now convinced that every every superhero movie from now on needs to be um, R-rated. Yeah, I think they've already changed Wolverine 3 to an R-rated movie very quickly after the success of Deadpool. I mean, 
I'm probably more of a fan for it to move that way rather than keeping so safe as it allows the character to breathe a little bit more, be a little bit more adventurous, but not everything needs to be R-rated. And Steve's going to talk a little bit more about the Comics Festival. Uh, I believe you've got the Tumblr turning up from Batman. Ah, yes, this is the, the, the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it, it's a spectacular vehicle, it really is. Mm. It's um, 15 foot long and 9 foot wide. Um, and and if, if you've seen any of the three recent Batman movies, yeah. you'd be familiar with, with uh, you know, what it is. It is the modern, mm-hmm. it's the modern Batmobile, movie Batmobile. Yeah. Um, so that'll be turning up at the show. Um, and there'll be an opportunity for people to um, to sit inside the, the, the tumbler mm-hmm. and have, the, have their photograph there. Wow, that's really cool. So um, that's the one from the Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan trilogy, isn't it, with Christian Bale? Because we've got right. another Batman movie coming up near quite soon which is a uh, batman v superman that's right yeah. not versus it's officially v superman now they're taking the versus part away and that's going to be uh, ben affleck which should uh, be quite an interesting transition from uh, christian bale to ben affleck but it should be quite interesting there and uh, you also do a big thing about cosplay every year i believe well the thing is um the, the cosplayers they this is something that's that's arisen over the past uh, number of years, mm-hmm. uh, where people kind of uh, dress up as as their favourite characters from comics, movies, and television. Yeah. And um, from from last year, with the first uh, comics festival, we really embraced uh, the idea of uh, of the cosplay. Um, I I mean I think it, it's great. They add so I think cosplays add so much spectacle and colour mm-hmm. to an event. Um, and some of some of the um, you know a lot of the costumes which these guys uh, turn yeah. up in, they're quite stunning. They're quite breathtaking. Mm-hmm. You know, they spend months working on on, on, on these outfits. Yeah. Um, and and they're you know, movie quality are beyond movie quality mm-hmm. to the point where you know these days some people have actually made um, costumes of. Um, of things which, in, in in the source material, the movies, forever, were yeah. only done as CGI. Um, so so that you know, there's things yeah. like the, the some of the Iron Man. Um, yeah, some of the Iron Man suits I've seen. You know, Hulk Buster suit. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's actually made a real uh, cosplay suit of that, which only existed in the movie as, as a special effect. And I think the in the film it's what over twenty feet tall, which is big enough to take the Hulk out. I mean, you've got some really big people like the Marshall family who do a lot of Warhammer forty k, I believe. That's right. They do all, all like the, these these huge kind of Space Marine armor mm-hmm. uh, co- cosplays. But a lot of the cosplays we've got. I mean, they're, they're, I mean. There's a wide range of them. So, so we've got the, you know, most people will be familiar with the with the uh, UK garrison yes. who do who dress up, uh, usually dress up as the stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, mm-hmm. from last year we made a point of contacting the garrison because yeah. you can't have a have a show without stormtroopers. It, no. It's just not right. <laughs> um, but um, you know, we, we have we have uh, the the Gotham cosplayers yeah. um, who, who specialise in, uh, you know, as it sounds, the, the, the Batman kind of. A, Mm-hmm. Costumes. Um, I believe we've got a Team Arrow group as well, which right. is uh, another thing that's really kicked off on the CW in the States and it's on Sky over here, I believe, which is The Flash, Arrow, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is just about to start soon, Supergirl, so all that light there. That's they right. seem to be really coming through now. Um, we've got um, an X Men cos- cosplay mm-hmm. group, um, we've got the um, uh, the judges, uh, yeah. so uh, guys who dress up as, well, as, as, as judges from uh, the 2008. The, uh, uh, comics and uh, and the Joe Greg movie that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and, and these guys that you know they're more than happy to um, have their photographs taken with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they 
and, and, and if anyone's interested in, in cosplaying themselves, yeah. stop one of these, these guys at the show and have a chat with them. They mm -hmm. will be more than happy to, um, to speak with anyone about what they do, how they do it, and yeah. how anyone can get involved if they want to. That's really cool. And uh, the other thing you'll be having is some panels there as well, I assume. Yeah, so we will be having a, a, a probably about a four or five uh, panels taking place throughout the day. Um, at the moment, we haven't quite finalised exactly what the panels will be. Mm. But anyone keeping an eye on uh, on the the festival website or the uh, festival Facebook page, uh, as soon as we know any information uh, yeah. about what panels are happening and, and which guests will be involved in those panels, we'll um, we'll be publicising that. Yeah, and that's on thecomicfestival.com, and I believe you've got a Facebook group as well, which is that's right, yeah. which you can find all the information and live updates on. Um, so, as I've said, it's 23rd of April, uh, it starts at 9am, finishes at 6pm, uh, so I bet you're ready and raring to go now. Yeah, I mean, it's a long day, and, 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 and as well as that, at, at half past six, there's um, there's an after, we've got an after show taking place as well. Right, that would be really a, cool. with, with a live band mm -hmm. and, and, and a, a comic. Um, so, so it's going to be a full long day for yeah. anyone who wants to take part in the full long day. Um, wow, that's brilliant. And I believe you've got your own little uh, comic imprint yourself yeah well i mean um I, I, since since 2007 i've been i've been putting out comics myself mm -hmm. and there are an imprint called time on comics right um, so i have been uh, exhibiting since then uh various shows myself up and down the country yeah and and part of my my experience of, of doing that uh, is what led me to um to, to put together uh, the Birmingham comics festival with, with right. a couple of other uh, like-minded people um but yeah i mean I've been doing that since 2007. I really enjoy it. Uh, mm -hmm. I, so I, I, I write some comics myself. I edit right. them. Um, I believe we've got one coming out in April as well. Which is, well, yeah, uh, that's right. Tied it tied into the show. So I'm launching a, a new book at the show called called Flintlock. Wow, um, that'd be really cool. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. I really <laughs> I am. Imagine a bit that. nervous, but excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So has this been your little baby for the last year or so? Right? Um, pretty much, yeah. For, for probably about the last 18 months, it's been something that's, that's been, been steadily coming together. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm at the point where I'm ready to un unleash it on the world. Wow. Um, so I, I'm hoping it'll, it'll do quite well. It's, um, it, it's, it's also the first uh, regular ongoing title. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll have attempted all, all the books wow. I've done before have been self-contained one-shot uh, one graphic yeah. novels. Yeah. Um, but but Flintlock is is the idea. It's it, it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing series. Yeah. And and the the um, the thing about Flintlock is that each each book features um, stories and characters that are all set within the 18th century. Right. So, so it's, it's all it's historical. All, yeah. It's all historical stories uh, yeah. within a shared timeline. So there's there's highwaymen, pirates, samurai. Mm -hmm. um, Street Runners, all, all that kind of stuff, oh, all, yeah. all together. So that, that would be a great melting that. pot there. Mm. So that's um, Georgian times, I believe. So it, yeah, re, yeah, Regency, the Regency period. Regency period. Yeah. That would be really cool. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for appearing today, Steve. Uh, you're going to be staying with us for the rest of the hour, I believe. That's thank right. you for staying in. Right, so now what we're actually going to do is something a little bit different. As last week we had a film review, this time we're actually going to do a video game review. Uh, so going back to the... Uh, older times. Uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate was re released re recently and that was set in the late Victorian period and it's got a bit of a steampunk feel so it's got characters like Charles Darwin, Alexander Graham Bell and people in that like that. I've been playing that over the last few weeks and uh, I just thought I'd give you a quick rundown of the game itself. So the game starts with a 30 minute opener where before you even get to Victorian London uh, which is in the throes of the Industrial Revolution 
Um, this one deviated from the last two games where you had naval battles, and that was set around the American War of Independence. I uh, don't know if you've had a chance to play any other games, Steve. Or no, uh, to be honest, I, I, I'm just involved with comics. I, I don't have <laughs> any time to play games. No. Um, and uh, you know, my, my daughter Sasha, yeah. um, she, she kind of likes some games uh, mm-hmm. to play, but she, she's, she's not really into Assassin's Creed just yet. Yeah. She's six. <laughs> <laughs> a few more years to go on that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I've been playing Assassin's Creed since the first one was released, which was set in um, medieval Middle East. So it's uh, it's basically a time-hopping series where it's uh, uh, Assassins versus Templars in there all sorts of periods of history and they're actually branching out a little bit so the last two i said were set in america i believe which was during the war for independence and there was naval battles and i believe the fourth game black flag was uh, around pirates in the and the caribbean so uh but that's going on to those ones syndicate itself as i said it's set in victorian london uh during the late industrial revolution uh, this one deviates quite a lot from the previous ones. There's no naval combat in this one, which was a big feature of the last two games. Uh, but instead you get to swap between two main protagonists who are twins, a male and female, which is Jacob and Evie Fry. Uh, so one's more stealth-focused and one's more combat-focused. Uh, it features a few of the Victorian age's most well-known characters, as I mentioned, Charles Dickens, Charles Darwin, Alexander Graham Bell, Florence Nightingale, and even Her Majesty herself, Queen Victoria. So it's uh, very historically geared, and it, you, the story is focused around seizing control of London back from the uh, Templars. Um, it splits London into multiple boroughs, which are tasked with taking over, and Jacob plays as I said, in a brawling style, and there's a gang warfare in there. So uh, it's, uh, I believe the gang that they have is the Rooks versus the Templars gangs in there. And so you have to fight for control of boroughs of London, such as Lambeth. And there's a lot of stealth-based missions as well, which is more where Evie's geared up for. Uh, she's more of a stealth long-range character, and she does the main investigation mi- missions looking for... Uh, probably one of the central things of all the Assassin's Creed game, which is what's known as the Peace of Eden, which are magical little trinkets you can get there. And the main positives for myself was uh, the new grappling hook that you get in the game. Instead of having to free climb up the walls, makes the game a little bit more quicker with uh, being able to grapple onto buildings and cross, cross gaps, even grapple onto trains and jump on there. Uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, the takeover missions means there's a chance for a quick 5-10 to ten minute blast if you don't have time for a f- long half an hour, 45 minute mission. And the vic- the recreation of Victoria London it is great. It's one of the best recreations of a map I've seen for a while. Uh, it gives the impression of a living city. There's always things going on. There's hawkers on the street selling goods. Uh, lots of uh, horse and carriages floating around, steamships, you can even jump across the Thames, jump onto boats, uh, wrestle with the police, it's brilliant. And the only two main negatives for myself on this one is there were no naval battles, which was, as I said, a big piece of the last two games previous to that, and there's no multiplayer at all with this. So it is purely geared towards a single player game, so if you want to play online, uh, I'd recommend something else, I'm afraid. Thank you again to my special guests, Steve Tanner, and hopefully hear from you next week. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website or go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com 
forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page, and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.